The mighty one, Mini World Youth Day hymn for 2017, Justin Nana Tandeka Dubendlovu, Deben Youth Singers here on Radio Veritas, uh, 576 uh, AM. And so time for uh, Catholics in Action, and uh, of course uh, one Catholic in Action is uh, Father Russell Pollitt. Father Russell. Good morning, Sanya. And how are you this morning? Very well in yourself. I'm fine. Thank you. So, Father, uh, you've been at the plenary spotlight. Africa has been there. You've been there taking pictures, uh, listening to the submissions and the reports and so on. Uh, what's, uh, what's happened so far at the plenary and what are your impressions? So, of course, the plenary started on Tuesday evening with the opening mass uh, where Bishop Graham Rose was the preacher and he spoke about the difficult times the church finds itself in that uh, there's a lot of uh, difficulties in, in, in our world and in our society. He spoke, of course, about things like uh, fake news, and he really asked the question, what is truth? And he said that this was a very important question, the question that Pontius Pilate had prophetically asked Jesus, what is truth, and that we should set ourselves on seeking the truth. And he believes that, you know, the Church has got the mechanisms or the ways of helping us to uh, find the truth, and therefore to... Uh, be able to speak the truth. And then on uh, Wednesday morning, so yesterday, we heard uh, Archbishop Brislin uh, give his presidential address. He is the president of the Bishop's Conference. Uh, he began by uh, saying that we are working in, in very privileged times. We live and we minister in privileged times. He also highlighted the Church's 200-year anniversary of the establishment of the Catholic Church here in Southern Africa, and said that it was a time of uh, gratitude, but interestingly, also a time of apology. So he said, amidst the gratitude that we need to have for everything uh, that has happened in the past 200 years, we must also remember that we are frail human beings. And he said he wants to express remorse for the times when the church has remained silent, or even worse, been part of the negativity of colonialism and apartheid, that uh, he wants to apologize to people who have been hurt by the church, and he wants to unreservedly also apologize for incidents of sexual abuse of minors that have occurred in the church in southern Africa. So really starting off on, 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 quite, a, on quite a serious uh, note. He then spoke about uh, the bishop's pastoral plan, uh, that at the moment they're working on a new pastoral plan, uh, that's something that is urgent in our times to give leadership, to give direction uh, to the church. And he said that he's hoping by uh, the uh, next plenary in August, the bishops uh, would be able to adopt this partial plan that they're working on. And then he highlighted five areas um, that he wanted to reflect on in his presidential report. He spoke about Mini World Youth Day and the success that that was. I'm sure that Radio Veritas has spoken about that many, many times. And he went on to say to the bishops he wants to urge them to continue where they started, uh, seeking accompaniment of young people, especially as we move uh, towards the Synod of the Youth, but saying that we need to create spaces in their parishes for them to uh, ask the necessary questions and so forth that they want to ask. He spoke about uh, the Lenten Reflections. Um, The second point he made was the Lenten Reflections, uh, which are going to be done by the Justice and Peace Department. And those reflections are going to be around racism in South Africa, that we need to deal effectively with racism, uh, because the Church needs to be an instrument of healing and reconciliation. Then he spoke about the question of Laudato Sea and the environment. He spoke about the water crisis in Cape Town. He said this is an example of why we need to continue to implement as fast as possible 
the principles of Laudato Si, the care for the common home. And then he also uh, spoke about, um, you know, the, the, the questions around corruption and governance and, and uh, state capture. And he said that uh, although he had hoped in December that the ANC conference would have given an overwhelming vote against corruption, uh, he feels that uh, this, is, this has not really happened, um, but that there is new hope uh, because of the new leadership within the ANC. And he said that the actions of Sura Ramaphosa are promising, uh, that he, uh, but he has many things to, to deal with and that we can't expect things to change uh, overnight, that things will, will, will hopefully change uh, slowly. He spoke about things like uh, the, the gap between the rich and the poor. And he also spoke about um, the, the whole question of uh, 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 land reform, which is an essential part of, he thinks, the, the political plan uh, uh, for, for the future. Um, and then uh, to, to sort of uh, end off, um, the, the Archbishop uh, spoke about, uh, you know, saying um, that there's various engagements he had undertaken as president of the, of, of the Bishops' Conference. He, he highlighted work that still needs to, di- to be done. He spoke about issues like human trafficking, trafficking migration, and refugees and also the Southern African uh, Council of Churches unburdening report. So uh, so quite a lot, a lot Hanya, was packed into that report of the Archbishop. And so really that, uh, you know, that report of uh, the president showing that uh, the church is there and uh, the church is quite involved in what's happening uh, in the country, um, I mean, that was uh, quite something when, when he spoke about corruption. And, uh, you know, really, it, it, it's a truly reflected uh, impression of, of where the country is, isn't it? I think it is. And I think it was also a clear reflection of where the church is, that right at the beginning he acknowledged that the church itself is not immune from difficulties and struggles and wrongdoing as well. So... Uh, a, a real sense of we're living in a society that's struggling with corruption, but we're not immune uh, from from these kinds of afflictions within the church. So I, I think trying to say very much exactly what you've captured there, that the church is there, that the church is involved, it may not always get the, the limelight, and it may not always, for example, be highlighted as to what the church is doing, but the church is certainly at work. And of course, uh, one of the things he did was uh, uh, apologize for the uh, sex abuse, uh, well, a few other things, but uh, sex abuse, uh, clerical sex abuse was there, which is what Pope Francis also uh, did in Chile and in Peru. Uh, but some news reports are saying, well, he, he's apologized, but he's also uh, protecting this uh, bishop. Yes, uh, you know, there is this unfortunate story um, and it's, it's interesting because public opinion is very split. Uh, you know, the Pope apologized two or three times, and then, of course, he told people that they shouldn't be speaking ill about that, uh, that bishop that was appointed, who's, who's accused of covering up for a priest friend who, who was a notorious, uh, notoriously corrupt. I mean, it wasn't just abuse. It was all sorts of things. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, the, the, the struggle to really rid the Church of, of, of this terrible scourge that's been around since uh, the late 90s, really. I mean, re- really breaking loose in 2002 when everything happened in Boston. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. And interesting enough, uh, after the Archbishop had spoken, the Nuncio addressed the bishops, and he picked up on the question of youth straight away, speaking about many World Youth Day and congratulating the bishops and also saying, uh, you know, they must maintain the momentum and the uh, generated by this event. 
But then he also uh, spoke very clearly about um, uh, giving a voice to young people, uh, helping them to participate in the life of the church, to be protagonists in its mission to evangelize, and then on issues of safeguarding and making sure you've got policies, making sure that you protect young people. Uh, you know, he, he, he emphasized zero tolerance and the need to protect the weakest of those entrusted to the church's care. So once again, even in the Nuncio's talk, the same theme coming through. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we, uh, Bishop Gramrose spoke about truth. What is truth? And, uh, you know, uh, using the example of uh, Apostle Paul. But uh, now the narrative in South African news now and politics is that, uh, I mean, there's the issue of ESCOM, there's the issue of SASA and uh, the AC domain inquiries. And the narrative is these people are lying. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it was interesting because yesterday, even if I may say, the nuncio said, you know, he spoke about how the church communicates. He spent some time addressing the bishops about communication, about a strategy for communication. And he said, this is, this is uh, absolutely necessary for us to be credible and consistent in an age of fake news and infotainment, is the word that, that he used. But you're absolutely right. You know, um, we're looking at, um, you know, uh, Batibili Lamini, we're looking at Kanani Mashangu, we're looking at Koko, we, uh, you know, uh, Anjo Singh, all these uh, people who have been sort of linked to the so-called Gupta network and have been accused of uh, you not being there for the good of the people of this country, but for the good of themselves and their business deals. Um, if you watch those, and I haven't watched all of them, I've watched sections of, of those um, um, testimonies or the, the, those uh, inquiries. If you watch those, I mean, it's fascinating to see how those people duck and dive and contradict themselves. You know, so it's, it's hard. You know, we, we've got to be very clear about fake news. For example, just a couple of days ago, just before the Pope went to Chile, I noticed on Facebook someone was announcing that Pope Francis was to retire that day or he was going to resign that day. And it went, it went wild on Facebook. And, and of course, this was, this was just fake news. And that ability to, to tell the difference, as you so uh, sharply point out there, the difference between fake news and the difference between lies. You know, because, you know, it's, you know, the the fake news seeks in many ways to mislead people, to, to, to generate stories, uh, you know, which are not true. And and sometimes they get people all all, um, anxious about what's going to, what's going to happen. You know, lies on the other hand, you know, uh, are are what we definitely see. And maybe, you know, even we could say people like Coco and Co are fake news, but it's what we definitely seeing. I mean, it seems like the overwhelming body of evidence seems to suggest that all of those people are not coming clean and not being accountable and not telling us, uh, you know, what the truth is. I have paid special attention to the uh, Life Esther Domeni um, inquiry because, for me, you know, this is going to be a real boil on South Africa's uh, 23, 24 years of democracy, this, this terrible incident where the most vulnerable, the weakest people in our society, the most helpless people were literally thrown away and dispensed of like one dispensers of the trash. Uh, and, and one has to really, uh, you know, understand the pain of the families. And then you've got someone who made these decisions who's unwilling to speak the truth and to tell people what happened and why they made the decisions they did that 
lands up with their loved ones in coffins. Father Russell, I know you have to go. Anything you'd like to add uh, from uh, the Jesuit Institute before we conclude? Kanye, the Lent book is out, Long Journey to the Resurrection. It has been written this year by Father Nicholas King and uh, Dr. Anne-Marie Pauline Campbell. It's uh, Reflections for Every Day of Lent, starting on Ash Wednesday and finishing on the second Sunday of the Lent. The book costs 100 rand. Books also available as an audio uh, with some music. That's 100 rand as well. And then you can get the book uh, daily uh, as a reflection on your phone. Uh, you would get uh, each day's reflection on your phone via WhatsApp for that period of seven, eight weeks for 80 rand. Uh, this, uh, th- that's the, the, the Lenten book. To kick off uh, Lent, Ash Wednesday, 14th of February, we have a little bit of a, a problem this year, and I'll let your listeners work this out. 14th of February is Valentine's Day, which is Ash Wednesday. The 1st of April is April Fool's Day, which is the day of Easter. <laughs> um, so quite interesting there, if anybody wants to write an article. Um, what we what we uh, what we have is um, uh, the normal recollection day for Ash Wednesday. Many people do normally come to that. It's essential that people book. It is in Auckland Park at the Jesuit Institute. Starts at nine o'clock in the morning and finishes at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so it's a day of reflection. There's a mass where ashes are distributed. It's normally a day where where many many people come. And sometimes we've got to actually say no because our quota is only probably about eighteen people or so for the day. So those are the two big events that uh, lie in the immediate future for the Jesuit Institute. Uh, the only other thing I'd comment on is saying that um, keeping people informed about what's happening at the Bishop's Conference, uh, if they want to see, uh, yesterday we had three or four stories up. We'll continue to give coverage to uh, the conference today, and if you want to know what the bishops are talking about, what they're saying, then you can log into Spotlights.Africa. And uh, congratulations, Father. You've been doing really great uh, work, uh, Spotlight Africa, from Mini World Youth Day to uh, all the reports and now this uh, plenary. Really great job. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kanya. And have a good one. God bless. All the best.